Forgotten Liam versus Evil. Happy New Year, Scott. Happy New Year, Liam. How'd it go? Are you, are you up the right way? Are you compassmentous? Are you still talking to your loved ones? I Yes, I am. I was working five 13-hour shifts over the span of New Year in Hugmany, so I didn't really do anything. That is awful. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, to be fair, New Year's pretty shite. It is. It's, it's too... People put too much pressure on it, and it makes me never want to leave the house. But I want to never leave the house to do nothing, not to then have to go and do 10, 15 hour shifts, whatever you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that made me physically <laughs> sick. <laughs> what do you know what next year I'm going to do? I'm going to do one of these. If you play this movie at exactly 11.45 in three seconds, then at stroke of midnight, this will happen. You know, something like that. Like, play the song so that at the stroke of midnight, something like that happens, rather than sitting, count down with fucking the nonsense they put on telly. Sean Batty. Sean Batty, I know. Did you watch any of it? I watched... Lauren wasn't well, so she went to bed earlier, so I was watching... I put on only an excuse. I thought, right, I'll watch that. I'll be into my fit by this year. I'll watch it and see how it goes. And they, they dragged out the draw of the Scottish Cup rounds, like we stupid... Because all the wee teams get a chance to play, and he just made stupid jokes about Nabdi, and he said, uh, Scottish Labour versus a fish supper. And I was like, this is... This is actually on the telly. This guy's getting paid. A whole year he's got to write these jokes and this is what he's coming up with. I'm going to bed. And I just watched all my neighbours set fireworks off at the bells lying in my bed. Like a right creep. <laughs> yeah. I watched... I can't remember what it was he watched. It was some... It was BBC One or ITV. It was one of their New Year things. But the countdown was literally just one guy going, ten, nine, <laughs> and it would cut to the piper and it cut back to him. Seven. Six, I was like, surely somebody else should be there, or there should be a crowd or something building excitement, because that guy was like a fucking wet fish man. <laughs> so, I fuck Hogmanay. Right, shite. Yeah, so, have you had any resolutions? Maybe actually us getting together to record an episode? Uh, yeah, yep, that's that's certainly um, one of my resolutions. My other resolution is to get in shape, finally. This right. is, seems to be a recurring resolution. Um, <laughs> to get my hot sauce company off the ground. Right. Um, to finish up my book and or screenplay. So far, all three of these are recurring resolutions. <laughs> and also to brew moonshine. Right, okay. But this is, I mean, it's all written down this year, so I'll have to do it. It has to happen. Yeah. Well, basically, here's how you can help me, right? So for me to get in shape, you need to hold me accountable. You need to ask me how to train with me or ask me like how it's going. Or if you see me like eating McDonald's for the three days in a row, say, should you really be doing that? Um for the hot sauce company, you can help me be buying some. Um, <laughs> finish my book or screenplay, ask me to read some chapters, ask me how it's going. And for Brew Moonshine, drink it with me. Right, okay, so give some chapters just now. Well, it's only the... Okay, I'm doing it, it's the 4th of January. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. I've, I've got, got 361 days left. I've, so. got, I've got like the first four pages in my screenplay and my short, short film written out. And Have actor, you yeah, and Brendan's really interested to get a hold of it once it's finished because he's obviously creating like a show really acting stuff and he's doing a lot of stuff with like students and uni groups and groups that want to just film as much as possible. So I might be able to get it put on screen. It might not be the way that I envisioned to direct it and star in it myself, but it might be, <laughs> you know, my words might get put on a, a screen, which would be pretty cool. That could be next year next year's resolution. Yeah. 
directing, producing, and starring it yourself. <laughs> Some people work their entire lives before they can do that. So I think that's quite a fair yeah. but, uh, resolution to move on to next year. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode 115. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And we've had about two months off. Is yeah. it two months? It's probably is about that, yeah. It's been a while since our last fantastic episode with Adam Marcus. That was a lot of fun getting to speak to a director of movies that we both love. Um, but then, yeah, we just, just kind of scheduling and life got in the way for a wee while. The delay was 99.9% my fault. I'm happy to admit that. Uh, I was still working on my resolutions as well, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't concentrate on more than one thing at a time. So, uh, but we're back now. This is the top 10 episode which is usually when I decide that I'm, I can't do this podcast anymore. I can't do the Scott. <laughs> I can't listen to him and I can't be pals with him. I've tried anymore. really hard on this list, right? I've put in a lot of thought into what's been in this list and I've got reasons behind the spaces that I've, I've filled with all these movies. I peek behind the curtain. Literally one minute before we started recording, you said, you can't remember your list. <laughs> you remember it now. You started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Which means there's definitely fucking nonsense in there. And I'm, I'd be surprised if you've seen any of them. No, it's like, you'd be surprised. I've actually seen, let me see, I've seen one of the movies on this list twice. Right, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> your resolution should be to fucking watch the movies that we discuss on the show. That That's your resolution, sack <laughs> everything else. We'll move the chili thing to next year. Right. That's already three years <laughs> late though, so... Uh, I, need to get, I need to get my finger out <laughs> uh, so we'll do our countdown where uh, as we do every year me or Scott will go first and give our 10, 10, 9, 9, 8, 8 the way top 10 lists work and yeah. at the very end we'll then give you the cumulative list from everyone that uh, sent a list in we really appreciate everyone that took time and effort even uh, Jamie who when he done it he was sending me wee kisses and uh I think I was this close to getting a dick pic because <laughs> uh, he confused me with Tinder. <laughs> uh, and Kate, who's changed her list three or four times because every time she watches a, a new film, she adds it to her list. <laughs> and she did say in her message that there's movies that she knows would be in her list, but she doesn't want to add them in because of Scott, which is very fair enough, and I really appreciate her efforts not putting movies on her list that she hasn't actually seen. Yeah, but, you know, let's see if then you watch them and you're like, I fucking knew that should have been on my list, then you, how shite do you feel? But, like, two years ago, your number 10, what was it? Uh, Doesn't matter, because it's not your number 10 anymore, it's it not your number 10 anymore, because you then watched it yeah. and hated it. <laughs> Killing of a Sacred Deer, it was very, very uh, uninspiring is what I was expecting <laughs> it to be, so yeah, it wouldn't have ended up on my list. <laughs> uh, so everyone that emailed the list in, uh, sent me a list prior did anybody send you lists I should really have asked this before we went on because I've worked out all the numbers apart from mine and yours and I'm worried that you're now going to tell me that like five or six folk have sent you lists yeah they did I, I thought did I not send them <laughs> nah I'm, I'm only kidding son I'm only kidding no, uh, nobody sent me a list personally it was only to the Scott and Liam evil page or to you which I think is also quite telling that not everyone sent me the list because they knew if they gave it to you you wouldn't know what the fuck to do with it <laughs> Uh, so, top 10 of 2019 has been quite a loads of folk on Facebook and 
Twitter and everything else have been saying it's a shit year for horror. And I refute <coughs> that. Yeah, but do you know think that people say that all the time? No, people just... It's, it's a human trait to instantly go to the negative and it's... People have started to rebuck it in the last maybe 10 years or so, like little spaces along the way, but people's instant reaction is always to say it's shite. The weather's shite, this movie was shite, the book was shite. They feel as if it's an easier thing just to say it's shite rather than to express joy for something. Um, obviously, unless it's like like wildly accepted as great, then people just jump on that bandwagon. People are sheep. I'm not saying that our listeners are sheep or that we are sheep, but just generally the human, the human condition, it's people are sheep. They just say... Um, they just say it's shite, that's shite, this is shite. They just want to be negative all the time. They feel as if they get a better reaction or they get more interactions if they say things are shite. But it's this year hasn't been shite. We should need more positivity. That was a really shite summary. But you're right, this year, this year <laughs> has not been shite. Because uh, when you actually look at like, doing the list, my top four or five changed constantly, especially in like, the two months where we were about to record this to now where we're actually recording it it kept changing I'm like there's a lot of fucking strong good movies this year and last year was the same to me it's only getting better and by the time your hot sauce empire kicks off we're going to just be five out of five movies every time we go to the cinema that's you know that's the the world I want to live in full of hot sauce and five out of five movies yeah I'm fine with that world as well I'm happy to abide there uh, so we'll go into it. Do you want to go for your number 10 first or do you want to go with mine? What we'll do is we'll give the number, your movie, a brief little synopsis or summary and then okay, a quick discussion and then straight on to the next one. Are you cool with that, listeners? Yes, you are, because you have to be. Are you cool with that, Scott? Yes, I am cool with that. Uh, right, so do you want to go first? Um, you go first. I, well, <laughs> I'll go first, yeah. <laughs> That makes me not even want to let you go. If this is, if this is stupid, we're stopping this right now, and this is the episode that's going to our top ten. Nobody gets to find out because Scott ruined it. Um, my top ten, uh, my number ten is Wild Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Already. <laughs> Already, go on, go on, Wild Rose. Right. Why, why is Wild Rose in your top ten? Right, I'm going to, why is it I'm, number ten? I'm not going to give you any of this spiel about horror elements. I'm just going to tell you that it's a really, really good film, and I fucking love it. And it's one of my favourite films that I've ever seen. And that's why I just needed to put it in a list. That's why it's number ten. If it was, a, if it was a list of generics, it would be a number one. But because it's a horror list, it's at number ten. Because there's, she goes to jail and she nearly loses her kids. That's that's pretty horrific, you know, to, to live through. And they're drinking the Lauriston, which is fucking scary as shit. So <laughs> that's a bar in Glasgow, if anybody doesn't know it. It's set in Glasgow. It's a fantastic film. If you haven't seen Wild Rose, watch Wild Rose. Incidentally, absolutely not a fucking thing to do with horror. No, I know, but I just I just thought I, I thought it deserved a wee place, a wee mention. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, do you know that? The top 10 episodes are always our most listened to. <laughs> so it's always when new listeners come in, new people have any, or maybe listen to one or two episodes, will jump in and see just where they're at. This is also the point where they now jump back out and leave us for another year. Because <laughs> you and your top 10 horrors of 2019 list have just put the fucking cowboy drama <laughs> Wild Rose is number 10. Yeah, that, oh, that's right, people. It is, it's about uh, country music and cowboys. So... <laughs> Oh. It's good. It's really good. Are we actually sticking with that? That's your number 10? Yeah, I don't have anything else. Right. 
luckily enough, I don't need to add that to the cumulative <laughs> group list because nobody else has that in their list. So that sits there with a point. That's quite sad that Wild Rose actually has a point in the top <laughs> horrors. Yeah. Oh man, right. My number 10, which it seems like the only list you're actually getting today is my list and the cumulative list and just mindless ramblings from fucking Scott. Uh, my number 10 is Doctor Sleep. That's your number 10? Great. Yes. Right, okay. That now just gave it away that that's maybe <laughs> your number two. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Mike Flanagan, obviously based on the book by Stephen King. The synopsis, if you don't know what it is, is years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Quite a surprise Slipknot didn't put some complaints in there, uh, because they've essentially stolen their name. But I've actually watched that movie twice and I did not know the cult was called The True Knot. Yeah. So I'm maybe just as bad as you. (laughs) I Uh, can't remember... Um, when I seen it, if I if I got that at the time, I know that um, a, a, it's I read the book, and that's why I really loved it because I don't really read a lot of books. As long term listeners will know, I, it takes me forever to read a book. So when I read a book, I really get passionate about it. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's why I was I loved the fact that this this movie was made. Uh, but I, see, when it was, they said they were going to make it, because I'd read it, I thought it's a bit sci-fi and it's a bit. How they got to make this in a movie, and how they got to get generic audiences to watch this and go, "Oh, that was good," without them thinking, "Oh, that was just shite." Because even so, there's somehow something different when you read a book. You you allow or you accept a whole lot more when it's put on a screen, and your mind doesn't need to imagine it for itself. When it's on the screen in front of you, people again go negative and say that's shite, looks crap, that's terrible, makes no sense, rubbish. Whereas you read a book, you're just like, "Oh well, there you go. That was a that was a good world I was just in." Yeah. I've not read. I've not read Doctor Sleep, but after watching the movie, I actually I really fancied it. And before going to see the movie, I I didn't really care. Like I know people were buzzing about Doctor Sleep. I was like, ah, I really, eh, I'll go see it, but I don't mind. But I was blown away. I thought the way it was directed was excellent. The the nods to the Kubrick version of The Shining and bringing that world into it when obviously it's well known that Stephen King doesn't like that and doesn't want that anywhere near it I thought was really good it's, it, near the end when I going back to the Overlook I had goosebumps and I was I was in it with them and took the ride and I thought it was a fucking excellent movie alright it didn't scare me but there's definitely way more for that being a horror movie than Wild Rose so I'm alright with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it also puts you McGregor on the horror map so that we can eventually get him on for an interview I think he's next on the list I think he's going to come on soon I technically he's been in horror. He done Shallow Grave, yeah. which would be a horror. And Trainspotting's pretty horrific too. Uh, and that one about the uh, what do you call it? Stock buyer. I can't remember. It wasn't called Risky Business. I can't remember what it was called. But there was a lot of horrible moments in that movie. People would probably argue that the the Star Wars prequels were horrific as well. So yeah, there's probably loads of stuff <laughs> <laughs> you could get him on. But anyway, see, is Star Wars on your list? No, I've not seen it yet. Right, good. Oh, right, because that's the reason it's not on your list. (laughs) (laughs) Right, do you want to go with your number nine, which is probably just some fucking butter advert or something? I actually actually (laughs) just changed my number nine there, just switched some numbers about there. So my number nine is uh, scary. Well, originally it was scary stories to tell in the dark, but I changed its number and I'm actually changing the entry as well. I'm changing it to Wounds. 
because scary stories to tell in the dark was good. I never got the book when I was younger. It wasn't. I think it was more an American like young adult thing. Um, the movie was good, but it wasn't scary and it just didn't do anything for me. But Wounds, I watched on Netflix and it actually drew me in. I, I really loved the characters, the, the set they put up. It, the, the bar looked like uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It really, I felt like I wanted to live in that town. Obviously not during the fucking crazy shit that was happening, but I just, I really thought the movie was was pretty cool. Right, so... Wounds, Wounds is my number nine. Wounds is your yeah. number nine. But you've, you've just moved... That and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark no, around? No, no, or you no, no. you just took I've, Scary Stories to Tell yeah. in the Dark off the list? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was a different number in my list and I just moved it to number nine and then I thought, actually, I know you might have put Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark in my list. I'm taking that out and I'm changing it to Woods. So Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was further up your list? It was. It used to be at number eight. It was at number eight. And now, and it's, now it's not in the list. Three though. seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's now not on your list. Yeah. So the two movies it was better than, it's now no longer better than, and one of them is Wild Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see around this hot sauce empire, <laughs> I'm just going to get that, like, the dummies book to list making. I'm just going to make you sit and read that for a year. Yeah, but... I've literally like, just took your number eight, moved it down to number nine, and went, actually, do you know what? I don't even like that movie. <laughs> it fucked out of the list. Yeah. As we're recording. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, the lists are ever-changing. Lists are ever-changing. Not when you're recording <laughs> a horror show telling folk your top 10 lists. Because <laughs> now it just makes me think that you don't care about number 1 to 7 either. No, I do. Put uh, put Scary Stories at number 11. It was alright. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Uh, I only watched Scary Stories Tell the Dark about two weeks ago when I was doing the catch-up for my list. And it was quite enjoyable. I thought it was alright. Yeah, no, it was just alright. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. Definitely better than Wild Rose. As a horror <laughs> nah, movie. Right, okay, okay. Not as a movie. <coughs> Wild Rose was quite good. I quite liked it. Uh, right, my number nine is one that we both saw at Fright Fest. Uh, Duncan nearly passed out and pissed himself uh, in fear. <laughs> and uh, another guy at the front row died. So <laughs> it was Lords of Chaos, directed by Jonas Ackerland. Uh, it's all about the... The, the kids in the black metal scene uh, a teenager's quiet to launch Norwegian black metal in Oslo in the early 1990s results in a very violent outcome it was Arrow that put it out on Blu-ray and I had a lot of fun with that I like the black metal scene well modern black metal scene uh, I've been to places in Norway so I was really excited about this when I heard it was coming out I enjoyed the book and the movie did not disappoint. There were scenes that genuinely horrified me. There were scenes that genuinely made me feel quite sick that I might actually want to stop watching. And other bits where I was just going along for the fun ride with each of the characters in the film. Uh, it was a movie that forced even my wee brother to not want to go back into the cinema when that thing whole happened with like, the boy definitely dying in the front row. Uh, it went too far for him and he's never went back and watched it and I think a movie that can create that kind of much of a visceral heavy impact is quite impressive so number 9 Lords of Chaos I loved Lords of Chaos uh, we came out with that movie and talked on our podcast chat with Barry and Duncan and, and um, I got into for a wee, wee spell into Black Metal I was listening to like the 
uh, mayhem and all the, the old uh, records and stuff like that. You know, like, that was the oddest thing that happened in 2019. <laughs> See you sending me a mayhem song going, I really like this. I was like, hold, whoa, hold on. Scott has just sent me a mayhem track. It was yeah. excellent. I'm actually, yeah. I'm quite upset that you went from that to Wild Rose so quickly. I know, I know, I, I do go through phases. The country phase is, is lasting quite well, to be fair. Um, I think I'm in this for a good couple of years at least. But yeah, <laughs> I, there was a good two months of, of, of uh, black metal, Norwegian black metal that was, I quite enjoyed. Um, I have to, a confession to make right now. This confession has only came to light when you gave me your number nine. Was that number nine you just gave you? Yeah. Uh, Aye. So and, number 10 was Doctor Sleep yep. and number 9 was Lords of Chaos. And the confession I have to make is that when making my list, I completely forgot about Fright Fest. <laughs> and I've now realised that there is at least two or three movies that probably would have made it on my list, Lords of Chaos being one of them. And I might need to make some amendments as we go along the, the list. However, sticking with what I have just now... <laughs> we, we have had almost, almost two months... We've went to sit down and record this, and you've just realised now that Fright Fest happened. Yeah, I know, but the only, the only big horror thing that we do each year. Because every time I was like, right, what's horror movies of 2019? And I just Googled it and just looked at the list that Google gave me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so, because. Oh going, my god, my blood, <laughs> my blood is boiling. Going on that, right? Going on that basis of how I found my movies and taking into account the fact that I did think 2019 was a really good year. <laughs> a really good year for horror. <laughs> my number eight, which which was number nine just moments ago, is uh, is is nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because you've just took scary stories to tell in the dark out. You no, it, don't know it, it, was, it was it was always it was always nothing because I thought there was a lot of good movies but none that I would say was a top ten. So what I did write was nothing but I, I did watch The Shining around the time that I was making my list and that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is now just intentionally just to wind me fucking up and it's working. Exactly. So because you've just I'm... took a movie out your list. To replace it with the word nothing. Yeah. So you can talk about how oh, The Shining was quite good. I hate you. I yeah, hate everything good, about you. Just think of that. It, it is. It was probably after, yeah, just think of the, the, the soundtrack and the, the shots and the scenes and the whole fucking setup. Really good. So currently, in 10th place, Wild Rose. Yeah. 9th place, Wounds, yeah. which wasn't even on the list. Yeah. And in 8th place, The Shining. Yeah. But do you know what? Mm. Actually, see, to be fair, I think I'll use this space of nothing to to actually put in Lords of Chaos because you're reminding me about it, and it is a great movie. That's good. Yeah, that that's using your initiative. I, that would be a better thing to say <laughs> than fucking nothing. No, but you know, in in sake of transparency, you know that I can't have written written down and not read it out, <laughs> <laughs> which worries me for the rest of your list. And also, see, two thousand twenty, spend all your time on your your chili thing. Because see, if I see you in two thousand twenty, I'm going to punch you in the fucking head. <laughs> See, just also, just to let you know, like as much as like I know that they were up, those entries were not just to wind you up. They are that's generally how I wrote my list. Um, I think you you won't be too annoyed by the rest. Of it. The rest of it looks like a normal person has wrote it. Did you write your list in crayon? Because <laughs> it sounds like you've wrote your list in crayon. Oh man, see you. <laughs> uh, 
Right, anything else to talk about? Uh, Nothing and or Lords of Chaos? Lords of Chaos. Uh, yeah, Lords of Chaos is fantastic. If you've not seen it yet, watch it. It's a great movie. You don't even need to know any of the backstory because it's, it's, all, it's all there. It is a true story if you want to um, read about it afterwards. And then there's so much to find as well because not, not only is there real-life music from the bands involved, the, the people involved, like some of the people who are still alive, are like YouTube idiots. So you can just go and fucking watch an abundance of nonsense on there. It's great. This is so neat. <laughs> Yeah, we're not saying his name because we're not using this episode to give him fans. Yeah, yeah. Big old racist old <laughs> wild man. Uh, my number eight is directed by Jordan Peele. It was up quite high in a lot of other people's lists. Uh, I did enjoy it. I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I just really, 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 really enjoyed other movies better. But it was us. Uh, a family's serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorise them. I don't know why, but I can hear in the background, I think your head working, did you forget Us came out this year? <laughs> or is Us at some point in your list? That's on my list, don't worry. Right, okay, cool. Uh, I, I don't think Us was as good as Get Out, but I don't think it was trying to be. <laughs> I don't think it. you can compare them in that way, uh, they're both totally different movies. They're both excellently filmed, excellently shot. They look incredible. Uh, Elizabeth Moss was great in the kind of small role that she had in this. And yeah, it was. And it uh, put who was age quite and, a lot? And, and how about the 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 starring actor? How was she? I can't. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> That's why, <laughs> why you went for Elizabeth Moss over uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Ah, yeah, I can't. It's one of those things that I can look at and I can say over and over again in my head and as soon as I open my mouth, it just comes out just nonsense. A bit like your list, it just it just falls out of my mouth and nothing actually goes together. Do you know, I thought this probably the same about us. I thought it was it was good. It wasn't particularly scary, but it was it was just a great ride. It felt like it was something uh, brand new. It felt as if I'd seen it before. I thought the the actual working out of the actual story when you got like at the end in the reveal of what you know the doppelgangers kind of were. I thought um, that it, there was a lot of questions left in terms of how exact they moved at the same time because there was some scenes you would see them moving like like people were on a roller coaster and the doppelgangers are doing the exact same thing but they're in one room like it's only underneath this fairground whereas the doppelgangers have moved all around the, the city at least. It just there was a lot of questions left but. I think to, to criticise the movie on parts like that goes from how much of a of a like a massive rise to being a writer director that Jordan Peele got after Get Out because Get Out Get Out still had its flaws as well. I mean, it's questions when you go back and read it, but it was such an emphasis put on that movie that it was brilliant. The next thing Jordan Peele is going to make is going to be fantastic, and then it comes out and it's like ah, oh, yeah, and then everybody's looking to to pick it apart, and it wasn't as strong as. You, you're led to believe because he is a great writer and director he's a great actor as well and everything he does is brilliant but I think that we're expecting more from us mm-hmm. in terms of putting it like number one in your list it's still a great yeah. movie and that's why it's, it's like you've, you've got it in at number uh, what, number what, eight but uh, eight. It's, it's still it's a fantastic movie it's worthy of a top ten but it's it did miss the mark to being up the top end which I think people are expecting it to do I think what it was Get Out was Get Out came from nowhere, so because it surprised people, people were expecting nothing. It was, oh my god, this movie's amazing, and the things it deals with, it's kind of in your face, but it's also quite subtle. 
the way it deals with uh, some of the racial things, us, I felt it parts, it shoehorned some political stuff in, uh, like the hands across America and uh, representing like the wall between Mexico and America. I thought it shoehorned some of that stuff in, which at first when I watched it, I was a bit uneasy with. I was like, just let it happen naturally. You don't need to make everything such a big political statement. But then days after it, still thinking about it and going back and rewatching it, I was like, actually, no, I agree with everything that you put in there. I understand why you did it for that audience. And I don't think I'll ever not be excited about something that Jordan Peele releases. Yeah, well, Jordan Peele also, is uh, is it Lock and Peele? Is that what he's... Uh, Ian Peel, and um, I see. I think you've done that deliberately. No, honestly, I don't because I always, I always forget because it's Lock and Key is the comic thing, yeah. isn't it? And that's why yeah. I, I can never remember it. So Key and Peel, uh, and it's like a comedy sketch thing, and it's it's hilariously funny, it's brilliant. But um, so he's got his finger in, in lots of different genres, and I think he's something to do with Big Mouth as well, is he not? Yeah, I don't know. He's something to do with some kind of cartoon. Like, like joke cartoon uh, no in fact I think he has something to do with Big Mouth I think he's like a producer or something like that um, it could be I, I, I don't have a clue it could be uh, but I think that he has the potential to become a, a, like a huge director like a mainstream director like yeah he's writing and directing he's writing his own things and making his own path but I think he's I mean at the end of the day let's not kid on if somebody says you can direct the next like massive Warner Brothers movie for 50 million dollars in your pocket today and it's like or more than that do you know what I mean like people say that we're not thinking about money but it's 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 a, it's a step up it's a promotion it's it's you know it's a step in your career I think he'd go along that route maybe I don't know this is maybe just me talking shite <laughs> however there's another director that I think will feature on both our lists who also makes movies that things at the start are very clearly woven throughout the movie that you see on second watches who I think does it better but we'll talk about that when we get there right okay so that was number my number eight Us by John Peel which is available on Blu-ray and DVD and I don't think it's available to stream anywhere eh uh, I don't think so I might I might just say that all the way through like where you can watch it if you haven't seen it but so far Pretty much everything we've mentioned, you have to get on DVD and Blu-ray or rent. Yeah. Apart from Scott's number eight, which was nothing. So to watch that, <laughs> you can literally just sit in the house with your lights off. It saves you time, though, isn't it? Save you time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my number seven. Yep. My number seven is us. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Anything else to say about it? No, I think I've said everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm, see, because you mentioned Key and Peele now, I can't stop thinking of that fucking name register <laughs> sketch. A.A. <laughs> <I> wrong? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, cool, though, go to my number seven. My number seven even surprised me when I was uh, kind of looking at it, because it's not a movie that I expected to be there at all. But I fucking loved it, man. And it's It, Chapter 2. Right. Uh, directed by Andy Machete, starring... James McAvoy and the hot redhead from uh, Zero Dark Thought, Jessica Chastain. I can never remember her name. And I'm so sorry that I just described her as the hot redhead <laughs> rather than her actual name. Uh, I, I think I love her. I, I genuinely, every time I see her and things, I just like, you're just a naturally beautiful woman and I bet you have a beautiful soul. I just want to like, just talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was going to give the same sentiments about uh, Rebecca Ferguson from Doctor Sleep, and I forgot to do it at the time. But yeah, I understand what you mean. 
<laughs> it's alright. We now understand the way your list works. This is a fucking car crash. So it's alright. Uh, so it chapter two is always what that's about. It's when the kids then grow up and have to come back to Derry and start fighting Pennywise or what Pennywise symbolises. Uh, the effects, the CGI is incredible. The world it builds is amazing. Everyone in it is excellent and there's a lot of seriously over the top violent scenes that I didn't think they would include. I didn't think they would go to in it, chapter 2 because it was such a mainstream movie for a, a general cinema fan, not just for horror fans. But it's like they put that ultra violent stuff in for us. And I really, really liked that. And people complained about the runtime. I didn't feel it dragged in at all. And it's out on Blu ray, I think, next week. And I have already ordered the Steelbook because I'm jayly excited to own it. And I didn't think I would be that way after the first one. It was good. It was Stranger Things on the big screen. Uh, and I was a wee bit kind of let down overall by it. But Chapter 2, I thought it was... It probably done everything that Chapter 1 done. I've just matured and I can appreciate it and accept it. And I really, really enjoyed it, Chapter 2. Yeah, I loved it, Chapter 2 as well. But I'm a, I'm a big whore for Stephen King. I think that's uh, pretty clear. <laughs> um, again, one of the only other books I've read is is It. Um, took me forever. It's massive. So I, I was I was, I was quite love that at Chapter 2. Regardless, I thought it was... Was brilliant. It's it's uh, you know because it's now two movies. It's not one that you you naturally go back to to sit and watch because you wouldn't really put on chapter two. You, you could because you know the story. You could put on chapter two as a standalone movie to watch if you, like. But you would feel like if you're going to watch it, you need to watch both parts together or yeah. close like in the, the same maybe week or two weeks or whatever. But you know, but I do own the first one. I'm going to own the second one eventually. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good entry. I've not done I've not done a back to back watch of the first and second. No. I know uh, my brother and that done it when it was coming out. Uh, sorry, chapter two was coming out. They went to the cinema and I thought, oh, there's no way I could sit there for that long. Despite doing Fright Fest every year, yeah. which is like five hundred hours sitting down. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I could sit that long, but I'm kinda gutted I didn't do it. Yeah. Because of how much I enjoyed the movie, I think that would have been and you'd probably have found a lot more in it. As well, because you've just recently yeah yeah the you've got all one. the yeah you've got all the wee nods and the remembrances and stuff like that right in the forefront of your mind yeah yeah but it's it's one of the biggest selling horror movies and I can fully understand it and I know a lot of people say oh it's shite because it's mainstream or it's shite for whatever other reason I I think it's excellent I think it was such a well put together film and seriously on edge scary bits if you are a if you're a kind of horror novice or you just go to the cinema every week to see what's out, then it could genuinely terrify you. Yeah, yeah. And the, that's what we want. The scenes with the, the old woman were brilliant. You can see how some people go in and, and like laugh at it, but then if you're a horror fan, you want to get scared, or if you're easily scared, then those those scenes were fucking terrifying. Yeah. I also, do you think in the boardroom they had the discussion whether or not to put the kids' sex in? Uh, I like to think that is a discussion that most boardrooms have. <laughs> Like before they just then start putting kids sex in, like they discuss it. Like, well, this is what we should be doing. Do you think because because I'm pretty sure like uh, Mike Flanagan and Andy Muschietti are like massive King fans and they're putting out great adaptions just now. Do you think like Muschietti sat down with Stephen King and said, "Right, I'm making Chapter Two. 
we know about this this scene's in it and you think King was like aye mm-hmm. yep it's in it what are you going to do about it or do you think he was like yeah man sorry that was that was my, my tits when I wrote that <laughs> I wrote that shortly before I took another line and wrote Maximum Overdrive <laughs> <laughs> which is also a great movie <laughs> it is just that is just fueled with cocaine and not knowing what the fuck is going on uh, so yeah that's my number 7 at chapter 2 Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Okay, my number six. Yep. Now, <laughs> I, know, right, I, say, I said that my list was, was, was set, and then you reminded me about Fright Fest. So this particular entry, I've put a slash and added something to it. Now, I don't think I can... Uh, right, I've got an empty space, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to this through it, and then you can just put... It, Have you already filled the empty space with Lords of Chaos? Oh, fuck, so I did. Shit. Oh, no. Oh, no, this is hard, man. Oh, Me, my. this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what, right, what, what I had in... You're right. The- so far, your t- number 10 is Wild Rose, your number 9 is Wounds, your number 8 was Nothing, which you replaced <laughs> with Lords of Chaos, your number 7 was Us, and this right. is now your number 6, which you also don't so- have an entry for. My number six, despite it being such a good year for horror. <laughs> my, my number six, which was originally in the tall grass, but just after you reminded me about Fright Fest, I slashed it and added Freaks because that was brilliant. However, I've just went on a whole rant about how I'm a, a king whore, so I really can't bump in the tall grass out because it was good. <laughs> it was a it was a king movie, but also again it goes along the lines he said he had an incest in there, which I thought he really didn't need. I could help you out. Freaks was excellent. Freaks was excellent. Yeah, but its main release is, apart from Fright Fest and stuff, I don't think it's main release will be until next year, but it's also more sci-fi, so you're not discrediting Freaks by not putting it in. Okay. So just keep in in the tall grass right. and then that makes more sense. Decision made. In the tall grass. I thought it was really good. I thought there's something there's something inherently terrifying about getting lost and getting lost in something like a cornfield or a tall grass where you literally cannot find your bearings you have no way of, of of getting out and then having something evil inside the place that you're lost that's that's ripping the piss at you or messing with your your like mental state and then obviously also wanting to fuck your sister which is just terrifying <laughs> coming from experience <laughs> Literally coming from experience, uh, I thought in the tall grass it looked good, but by the end of it, I was like, "Wait, no, no, oh, well. literally come from experience." I was just <laughs> sure that that's never a thought that's ever crossed my mind. However, if, like I'm just saying, it's a horrible situation for anybody to be in, unless you obviously went to those two people <laughs> in Motherwell that had the brother and sister that were from Sex in the Lift in the train station. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Remember seeing their picture yeah. and thinking, "Why?" <laughs> it's, it's all the places to go to Sex as well. A lift in a train station that opens up to the street. I can't do it in the house because I'm on Dalby raging. <laughs> so, <laughs> I suppose it's the next best thing. Aye. But, uh, I for, I, or, I've now it, literally yeah, forgot what we're class, talking about. I thought it was pretty good. It was, uh, there, was a lot of, there was a lot to it. There was a lot maybe missed out as well, but it was a good re-adaption. It filled a good 90 minutes. It was on Netflix. It's still on Netflix, I think. Um, it remain, It's almost like in the same kind of Stephen King um Th- uh, adaption throughout like uh, 1922 which is still on Netflix as well it's like the same it's, it's, it's set obviously set completely different the stories are completely different but just like the the imagery the colours the just the way that the dialogue and whatnot goes around it's, 
I, see, I just thought after the first 20 minutes, then they could have just tied the movie up and finished it. Because what went on after that was a repeat the first 20 minutes and a repeat the first 20 minutes kind of thing. Like, it didn't do, for me, it didn't do much else. The opening bit was great, and then it just kind of lingered on the tracks till the end. But that's, and, that's where it got scary, though, because people were repeating and they weren't sure what loop they were on. I, I don't really mean literally repeating. I, I mean more that once you seen it and go, oh, that looks good, or oh, they're in the grass, or oh, what's in there, it then never really used that to its full advantage. There was very... Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of scares, and it didn't do a lot with it. It was just like, oh, there's something in the grass, and oh, there's something in the grass, and there's people in the grass, and oh, oh look at the grass. It, it just... It, by the end of it, I was like, well, yeah, it was a decent movie, but I don't think I would go back and watch it anytime soon. But still, I'm delighted that it's on your list because it's a movie you've watched. It's a movie that can be classed as horror. It's a movie that came out this year and it's not Wild Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so my number six is a German film directed by Lucas Fiegelfeld. And I did not just read that. Uh, and it's called Hagazusa. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I heard you talk about this one. I never got to see it though, but um, I fancy it. So tell me about it's... it. No, my... <laughs> it's a slow burn. A real painful, at times, slow burn where literally nothing happens until the last like 10 minutes. See, like Piwak it, like that, but slower. But it was so fucking atmospheric. Every you could freeze frame every single scene and get a black metal album cover from every single scene. It looks haunting, desolate, beautiful. Just the whole time, a bit like watching The Witch or The Vivitch. Uh, I was, I was seriously hooked in. I was drawn into this kind of depressing, fucking medieval world. And really, I really liked it. My my line on Letterboxd was some haunting, beautiful cinematography and soundtrack highlights and the slowest of slow burns. If you have the patience, the trip is worth it. And I stand by that. If, you, if you're if you the type of person that wants to go in and, as I do at times, see heads explode and tits flying about and legs coming off, then Hagazusa is not the movie for you. If you want something that you're going to be able to really follow, scene by scene the whole way through Hagazusa is not for you it's like a weird lonely drug trip but it's like a cold empty drug trip <laughs> and by the end of it you're like wow fucking hell man I'll no go back and watch that anytime soon but I loved it but it's like a movie I could probably watch once or twice a year at the very most just because it made me feel bleak is there, a, is there a followable story to it? Yes. <laughs> for for people that aren't me and you, uh-huh. yes. For people that are me and you, you then read Wikipedia for the plot after it and go, <laughs> ah, that's what was going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there is, a, there's a, there is a plot. As such, it's just not a whole lot happens uh, until the end. It's, it's more just the way it looks. And I like films that do something a wee bit different and I've not seen anything else like Hagazusa this year 
like there's some some movies on my list where it's like well that's very similar to that and I don't want to put that on my list because it's very similar to number six Hagazusa there nothing comes close to being like that film uh, I don't know where you can watch it just now possibly Amazon you might need to pay for it yeah I've not uh, seen it I've not seen it anywhere I probably would um, I probably would have watched it if uh, if I'd seen it streaming somewhere I'd I'll give you the Blu-ray to watch because it's one that I wouldn't want to recommend to folk to go and pay for it. Yeah. And like I'd rather they'll kind of rented it for a little money or borrowed it from someone or watched it to make sure it's up their street because it's very... I can see a lot of people being turned off by it. I think Matt Wood actually had it as his least favourite film of the year. He said it was a load of shit, which is nonsense because it was a fucking excellent movie. But It's, it's very niche. It's, yeah, yeah, I think you need to... Like, I do, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I think you'll really enjoy it, but I don't want to say to everybody, oh, go and fucking watch that, you'll absolutely love it, and then you come back and go, what the fuck was that yeah. about? Because I don't want the people to be complaining about my list <laughs> after an episode where your list was also on it. <laughs> if you will complain about my list while your list exists, then that is a terrible, terrible state of affairs. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, number five. So, let's go a, a quick rundown of our ten to five. Uh, I'm going to let you do yours, though, if you can remember it. <laughs> okay. And at ten, we have Wild Rose. And at number nine, we have... What did we have? Wounds? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> right, wait, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read how it... How it that, went. that went exactly the way I wanted it right. to go. <laughs> number ten, Wild Rose. Number nine... Scary stories to tell in the dark. Actually, no, I'm changing it to wounds. Number eight, nothing, but the shining was really good. Actually, lots of chaos. Lots of chaos, number eight. Number seven, us. Number six, in the tall grass, or freaks. Actually, freaks are sci-fi and didn't come out this year, so in the tall grass. Yeah? How's that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah. We're not doing a top ten next year. <laughs> or, well, I'll, I'll do it with somebody else. I'm not doing it with you. Uh, my number 10 is Doctor Sleep number 9 Lords of Chaos number 8 is Us number 7 is It chapter 2 and number 6 is Hagazusa and then I'll go straight with my number 5 which is Ready or Not directed by Matt Bettinel Open and Tyler Gillett have you seen Ready or Not? I haven't it is a lot of fun and I did not expect anything from it when we put it on is, is the uh, so I've seen the trailer is it just uh-huh. basically is the trailer it, but it's just good fun anyway? Yeah, the trailer. <clears throat> There's other bits that happen yeah. that it's worth seeing. But if you like people exploding, if you like things just getting shot off, if you like just ultra daft violence that you can, like, oh, there's a head blown off, and not put yourself out of going, oh my god, a head's just blown off. Like, it's done in such a way that it is it's not comic book but it's like that it's kind of a, a a comedy styling that it's then funny when it happens and as a concept I was like this is weird man like this is odd this shouldn't work but it does and a lot of fun and the the main girl is Hugo Weaving's niece although I kept thinking it was uh, Margot Robbie because she looks almost identical I can, to I can see both things I can see mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving and Margot Robbie and I can know I know what the girl looks like uh, so that was 
that was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Adam Brody is in it from the OC, uh-huh. and he was he was excellent. He always he's it. always excellent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's quite he's still quite handsome. Yeah, he was in. I watched uh, Shazam the other day that he was in it for like ten minutes, and it's he's really good. Was Shazam any good? Nah, that's all right. Don't put it in the background. Nah. So what is it? Your number two? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ready or not? I when I was doing my list, and I was like, "Fucking hell, man, ready or not?" is way higher than I would have thought but looking at my ratings and actually thinking how much I enjoyed that and how much I would go and watch it again like the way you were with Secret Santa that is now like a staple yeah in your house watching I think Ready or Not is a movie that I would put on every few months and still have a lot of fun with it really I really enjoyed it that's the thing as well because you can get movies that have got like fantastic scripts really profound really brilliant and like you can call them masterpieces put them at number one in your list but be like I can only watch that maybe once a year, even if I'll go back to it ever, but it was great. Yeah. And then you've got other movies that are just like daft, fun, gore effects, like likeable characters, dislikable characters, and just, just easy to watch background movies that you just get replayed re- and played and played. Oh, uh, Ace Ventura <coughs> Pet Detective. I, I watched that easy once a month. Have done from, I was like 12 and got the video. Uh, and that's a movie that is just fucking nonsense. Hot Rod as well is a movie that I can put on again and again and again and I will laugh every time at the same bits. It's just mindless fun and it makes you feel good going back and watching it. If you've had a shite day at work, get in, put on Hot Rod or Ace Ventura and it's fun. That's what I feel with Ready or Not. If I want just some daft, like Zombieland, if I want just some daft, balls out horror fun, then I'm putting Ready or Not on. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take that recommendation to watch it as soon as I can because it is it is one that I never managed to see last year. Well, yeah. again, I think you'll enjoy it. All right, my number five is no, it's a serious it's a serious one. I think I had to check when it actually came out because I wasn't sure if this one came out in the year or not, but I was assured that it did. And my number five is One Cut of the Dead. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, I got this from I got a promo from uh, Sky. And they were, I think they were doing, I think it was like 50% off or something. So I was going through their Sky store and one cut of the dead Blu-ray for like 3 99 I thought, ah, fuck it, let's go. And it came into the door, I watched it, and I thought it was good fun. Really good fun. That's all we'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, just to keep talking about that, my number four is one cut of the dead. <laughs> right, cool. <laughs> uh, so it's directed by Shinichiro Ueda. 90% not how you say his name <laughs> yeah. but I've tried uh, and if you haven't seen One Cut of the Dead do yourself a favour and go see it it's so different than everything else it's like we, it's 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 written in such a way it's almost I don't think it is it's not one take but it almost feels like oh it's one cut so it is it's, it's almost like played like it's in real time from start to finish and, and it just like it's really clever how it goes right through the whole thing and it's it was great great fun like, yeah, a really really good good time However, it's in uh, subtitles, so it's probably not background noise because you need to read it as you go. Well, it's not. I, to be honest, I think you'd be doing it a disservice by making it a background noise movie. Yeah. It deserves way more than that. It deserves your full attention. Uh, we went to see it at the GFT like way back in January when they came out and like Duncan was sitting behind me. I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I've been looking forward to this. I was like, I've, I've obviously not read anything about it. I've kind of come in a bit blind. So that opening bit... I'm watching it going, there's kind of shit actors, isn't there? Like, what is going on here? What, what is happening? And then it turned. 
and it was all about the, the filming of the thing and why everything seemed to start actually happened and I was in stitches it was excellent I did fall asleep in the cinema but I have since went back and watched it twice <laughs> uh, it's such a clever concept it's fun it's it's so original it's so quirky it's appeared at the very near the top of almost every list that has came through and it's definitely one that I think 10 years from now will still be mentioned or remember when Cut of the Dead it's not a movie that's ever going to be forgotten about yeah yeah uh, it's, it's, it's a bright fantastic movie recommend it to anyone who hasn't already seen it and I think you can stream it just now on Amazon right I think really we should be putting that, that information in because everything that I say you can watch it here or there are all just thoughts so if you want to watch it Search one cut of the dead and fucking find it and buy it and watch it. You won't be you won't be disappointed that it's in your collection because it's an excellent film. And one cut of the dead is Scott's five, my four, which then means we need your number four. All right, my number four is it chapter two. Ooh. Now I put this higher on my list um, because uh, you're a hoer for, for Stephen King. I love the world it builds. Um, I love the characters. I love the actors, the young, young and the older actors. Um, I, I, I get this. The uh, Stranger Things comparisons, however, Stranger Things can suck a dick. The first season was good. Second season was <laughs> shit. And those kids are just getting too fucking big for their own boots, and they go fuck off. But uh, uh, Stephen King done it first. This is they're rebuilding Derry from the nineteen nineties miniseries. That's what they've done, and it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. It is a bit long, uh, but uh, I just, I just whole, love the whole world, and it's great. But we've talked about it at your number, so that's. That's my number four, it, chapter two. My number three, my number three changed again and again and again. And every time I thought, right, that's me done, I'd watch another one of them and then I'd go back and I'd change it again. But I'm now quite happy with my decision. I'm quite happy that this is concrete. This is definitely my number three. And it is Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster. This film is nothing short of incredible <laughs> a cinematic achievement the fact that you can make a movie in broad daylight in the brightest of broad daylight and still make it scary still make it tense still put me on the edge of my seat even when it feels like nothing is happening i'm on the edge of my seat going but i know something's going to fucking happen like hereditary i know something's about to come out i know something is going to happen that's going to fucking make me want to cover my eyes and Midsummer did not disappoint with that. It was excellent. So hard hitting at parts. Uh, the the main lassie, I think it is it Florence Pugh. 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 I don't know. <laughs> it's Florence uh, Pugh. She is incredible. Yeah. The bit where they're they've they've took the mushrooms at the start and the screen is kind of going that mad swirly way. Yeah. It's exactly what it feels when when you're on a trip. I fuck knows how he done it. If it's camera trickery, if it's CGI, it's probably obvious to other people. <laughs> to me, I did not know how it was done. But all those wee nuances, just Ari Aster knows what he's doing, man. He, like, he knows how to bake a cake, and the cake tastes fucking brilliant when he does. It's just, the ice just <laughs> has jizz, and we're fucking lapping it up, <laughs> like fucking ramming it into your mouth. <laughs> 
I was expecting it <laughs> to follow that there. I might just put that in after. <laughs> uh, I Midsummer appeared, obviously, again, very high at the top of most folks' list. And I get it. I know there's some people that didn't get it. It didn't register with some people. And I can understand that as well. It's a, it's a long movie. And if you're not fully invested in those characters and the story and like the way it looks and stuff, then yeah, I could see you getting bored. But it it didn't slow down for me. I came out of the cinema going, holy fuck, man, that that took me off guard and I can't wait to see it again. And then the director's cut came out, watched that as well. And it's no often that I could sit and watch a director's cut and point out every single scene that wasn't in the original film. I could do it in this because I fondly remembered every part of it. And really, what an excellent film. Midsummer number three. It's a, it's a fantastic film. Um, my number three is Doctor Sleep. Ooh. Again, King Hoor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I talked about it as much as I wanted to when when you put it in your list. Um, it's just it's a really good film. There is a it's more kind of sci-fi element to it. I believe from reading the book that the movie put in a lot more references to The Shining than was in the book. This is clearly for fans. Uh, like I said before, that um, Mike Flanagan is a huge King fan, so they've obviously talked it through and understood the importance that Kubrick's movie has in cinema. That even if Stephen King doesn't like the adaption, I think he's aware that it's like a good movie. Because uh, I know that certainly Stephen King and Mike Flanagan are friends or professional friends that that they they collaborate together, and uh, I think it's I think what he's done to put that movie that book on the screen is fantastic. I think that. The acting was superb. I think the uh, Hugh McGregor was incredible. I think that Rebecca Ferguson was mesmerising, and I think that the way that they managed to get Scatman Crothers on the screen, I think did, I can't remember was it CGI or did they have something that looked like him? Either way, it was just brilliant. I loved it. Mm. Absolutely loved it. I fully believed it was him. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had, to, I had to Google to see if he, dead. he was dead. Of course, he's dead. It was, it was like fucking sixty in like nineteen fifty or something. Like that. So yeah, he's definitely dead. I see I watched it and went, that man has no age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is an excellent, excellent film. I thought I enjoyed it. The way you said professional friends there, I like to think people who don't know us see the podcast and think of us as professional friends <laughs> yeah. and then listen to this and go, no, there's absolutely nothing professional about that. <laughs> Obviously, somebody's done something there and it's a friendship out of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that explains it. Yeah, it's because I tattooed your name on my leg and you feel as if you can't ever dump yeah. me. But... That pretty much is that. Although it's coming close to, I'll just pay for the tattoo removal so I can get off fucking scot-free. Literally, scot-free. <laughs> and get away from you. Uh, so, my number two is, I might build it up. It should be adding drum rolls and hope everybody's in the edge of their seat going, what will Liam's number two be? Are you yeah. doing a drum roll? I was trying to do a drum roll, yeah. I was, trying, I was a mix between drum roll... Uh, and beatboxing? Yeah, drum roll, the Jumanji drums, and then <laughs> uh, like I, was, I tried to make it like a, an uplifting score. Um, I was thinking like an Ari Aster style where like things are getting intense and crazy, but the score's actually getting uplifting and fun. And like, but then obviously I realised I couldn't do that, so I just stopped. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for uh, bringing it up. And I'm it. glad you've done the Jumanji drums because I've now took a, a, a leaf for your book and my number two is Jumanji. Yeah, it's pretty scary um, though. Imagine getting drawn into like a game like that and then be lost in the jungle where you need to fight fucking animals and shit. That would be fucking scary. Actually, it would be. Or turn into a wee monkey. Like, if you think about the actual first original Jumanji, the Robin Williams character, when he comes back, like as a jungle man, that would have been fucking terrifying as an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> 
fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my number two is not Jumanji. Oh. <laughs> this we've now discussed. There are reasons for it to be on the list. It's Bliss, by, directed by Joe Begos. Uh, the synopsis is a brilliant painter facing the worst creative block of her life it turns to anything she can to complete her masterpiece, spiralling into a hallucinatory hellscape of drugs, sex and murder in the sleazy underbelly of Los Angeles. This movie is filmed <coughs> entirely in like 16 mil, so it has that old gritty kind of New York vibe to it that Driller Killer has and and this I loved it. I was along for the ride again. It just felt like a a trip from the start to the end. You were fully in the ride with the main character. The 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 stylistic choices with Joe Begos in it are amazing. The 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 kind of violence, the the story itself, all great. I liked his wee nods to his other films. Obviously, we watched the Minds Eye at Fright Fest. And almost human, and he's a director that I'm so excited is back that I'm really keen to see what he does next. Uh, he was at Fright Fest a few years ago. We should have spoke to yeah, him. We but we did our him. usual, yeah. yeah, absolute shit in the bed and hiding and know why to talk to anyone. Uh, because I wish at that point we'd spoke to him, struck up some sort of friendship to the point that I could be texting him after watching Bliss going, "Nice job, mate." <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. Uh, I loved. I love Bliss. It's coming out here on Blu-ray in February. You can kind of still watch it on video on demand, but it's one that I, I would recommend anyone go and get. I think uh, most people will get something that they enjoy out of this. And really, what a fucking excellent film, Bliss. I have not seen Bliss yet. However, I have pre-ordered it for the February release from Eureka. It's uh, like I went for the limited edition one of a thousand print one so yeah uh, that should be coming next month so i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah it's the soundtrack is the tits the way it looks is the tits the tits are the tits <laughs> it just uh, it's such a good movie i can't sing its praises highly enough and again for a while that was number one and it was number three and it was number two and it was number one and it was number two it's at number two and what a film Nice. My number two is a movie that smashed all... I don't, I don't even know. I was going to say it smashed records. I don't know if it smashed records, but people liked it. A lot of people seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you just went to build that up. Yeah. It's the biggest movie ever. And in three seconds went, I don't know if it smashed records, but people liked it. <laughs> no, do you know what? I think it was maybe the biggest movie of 2019. It certainly got a lot of talking points. It's, it's, one, it's a movie... It's more of a character study drama, but you need to, you can put horror elements into it. It is uh, technically a comic book movie. <laughs> it is a star turn from a man whose brother was uh, a great actor who died too young. It is um, it's just a slow burn. It's really, really, really well done. Fuck it, it's Joker. Joker's my number two. <laughs> It, but it's just a fucking great movie. I loved it. It was that kind of... I came out with it thinking it was like that kind of... slow. It's not a slow burn as like how you're describing Hagazuza, it, it's, but it's a, it's a slow burn. You, you need to follow through his progression of, of the kind of character he is that um, you get to this end point where he's like created chaos, but you 
you just like come out just feeling like I just liked that world to that point that I was like seeing comparisons to Taxi Driver and I was like right okay I'm going to watch Taxi Driver and I'd never seen it before uh, and you're lucky that's not on my list because it was good um, <laughs> I was expecting it to be number one in your list <laughs> uh, but Joker was just fantastic there was just so much to it and the fact that it was a it was a comic book movie and yeah they did pop Batman into it technically but it didn't need that at all and I came out I came out of it right thinking I want to see the character study of how technically Batman does the same thing because mm-hmm. in Joker's world he thinks he's progressing into some kind of hero he's an anti-hero but he's creating he's, he's toppling over whatever but he's doing it the wrong way he's been he's been violent and he's uh, doing by murder however I thought it'd be good to see Batman like get that get his like troubled start his parents dying and really be fucked up and see how he progresses to become decide to put on a mask as well and like try and fucking go out but then uh, Lauren said to me afterwards he couldn't do that because Batman's the hero you couldn't have him you couldn't do the same thing but I thought maybe somebody could write it better and do a similar idea. But anyway, mm-hmm. there is talk of a Joker sequel, so I'll be interested to see how it goes. However, as a standalone movie, uh, Joker was, it was fantastic. There was a lot of people, again, online, uh, giving criticism for it would inspire incels. That's um, what a group of uh, idiots online, usually uh, late teens, early 20s, white males in America, uh, they call them incels. I don't know if they call themselves incels. No, they do. They call themselves incels and it stands for involuntary celibate because they've got a chip on their shoulder because why won't anybody love me and girls only like bad guys and all this kind of stuff. Like, I'm the nice guy. Why don't they fancy me? And then eventually they go so far that they take up a gun and they go and fucking shoot up a school or a cinema, which is, again, yeah. the comparison people made for the guy who shot up the Batman movie who never ever said he was the Joker, but then they said... The media made that comparison, and then when this movie came out, they said that it was inspiring this kind of nonsense. And they had headlines like "Aurora shootings, families condemn Joker." And you think, well, how did they get that? Did they did they go and ask like one of the old grannies who isn't watching movies and say, "There's a movie coming out that's kind of glorifying the kind of person that shot up the cin- uh, the cinema that, sh- that killed your grandson?" What do you think about that? Well, oh, that's terrible. I think that's terrible. They should never put that out. Headline: Aurora families hate the Joker. Yeah. You're like, go and fuck yourself, media. This movie was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. See, I know somebody that proposed to their bird uh, during Batman at the cinema, <laughs> which is also fucking weird. Like, I don't know what's weirder, shooting up folk during Batman or proposing to somebody during Batman. Actually, during the like movie. Were, yeah, actually during the movie at Hamilton View. And it's not like they were, it's not like they were Batman fans. They just went to the pictures to see Batman and that, he decided to do it halfway through the movie, which would have fucking ruined Batman for you if you were in that cinema. Yeah, if I was in that cinema, I'd be like, shh. <laughs> you'd wait to see if she said aye and then ask her why <laughs> you couldn't even see that was, that's just sounds that's honestly the daft thing and did she say yes and did they get married she said yes they didn't get married they end up like they they split up and oh, she's got away and <laughs> I really hope to fuck they don't listen to this podcast <laughs> I, hope, no, do you know what? I hope he does because fucking proposing during Batman was the stupidest thing I've ever heard and it deserves to be called out it must. It surely cannot have been a planned thing. It must have been a. It's it like it's in his pocket, and he's just thinking, right? I'm I'm going to do it at some point. Fuck it, I'm doing it now. No, nah, I'd say it was definitely planned. To be honest, the boy about a banger. So <laughs> I, I'd say it was definitely planned. No, I definitely hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what? I've actually I've not seen Joker. What? Uh, I've I've still not seen it. I didn't go to the pictures because I couldn't be bored, and I refused to download it. I'd rather wait to see it properly because of how much everyone loves it. I know I'll enjoy it, so I'm waiting to to watch it properly when it comes out on well, holiday. Well, if you know you enjoy it, why don't you just put it on your list? Because I'm not a fucking <laughs> moron. <laughs> uh, 
Kate, who put a list in, also had mentioned Joker, just saying that it deserves a mention. It's kind of hard to categorise it as horror at times, but it's an excellent film. She loved it as well, so I'm not upset that you've put it in because it obviously does have your favourite phrase, horror elements. <laughs> uh, but I can't comment on it because I've not seen it. And that's a, that's a bit of a kind of guilty thing to admit that it's the biggest movie <laughs> of the year and I didn't bother Mars to go see it, but I'll see it soon enough. It wouldn't have been on my list anyway because just as a point, I, I wouldn't have put it on because it's a superhero film. But It's not a superhero film, it. it's a comic book movie, but it's a, it's a villain, it's an evil person that's in it, so it has its place. But that's the same reason I didn't put Glass in because I really enjoyed Glass. Aye, Glass, Glass is not one of the <laughs> uh, right so then that brings us to my number one which we have f- first of all a lot of people have in fact no I'll just give them I've, no, wait, I've got absolutely no idea what your number one is going to be I'll try to figure out where you put stuff and I have no idea I really try to think even now because I, I, I thought Joker would be in there but you've not seen it uh, You've, and I really have no idea what you're going to put number one well on everyone's list this year Tigers are not afraid to tie up I can't put it on my list because I put it on my list last year. Wrongly, because people didn't get to see it until this year. But I would mentioned it last year and talked about it at length last year. So I didn't think I should waste a space on my list by putting a movie in that I've already talked about, that I've already pimped out as my number one. Uh-huh. So Tigers Are Not Afraid is not on my list. But okay. it's not because it's a bad movie. It's a fucking excellent movie. Go and see Tigers Are Not Afraid if you haven't. Eh... Uh, it's streaming just it's now, on, isn't it? On is it Shudder? Yeah, it's streaming on yeah. Shudder. Uh, it's a wonderful film. Go see it. So that's not my number one. My number one is a movie that we did a full episode on that I absolutely fucking love, and it's Climax by Gaspar Noe. Oh no 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 no! Oh, wait a minute here. There was there was something about this. <laughs> this You're going this, to say because yeah. it came out in 2018, yeah. but it didn't. Well, I'm yeah, it fucking did. Google it. Ian Hagazusa came out in 2017. I can't. Oh, so we're just blocking the lines for your list, but my list gets no. If you can't, if you can't see it until that year, it's I main release. It's 2019. I didn't see, see Taxi Driver this year, but you'd have went mental if I put that in my list. Taxi Driver was widely released back in fucking 1970, whatever. People could see it. It's not fair. For if I if I download a movie that it doesn't come out until. April next year and I put it on my list this year just to look like a fucking smart ass horror snob by going uh, like the lighthouse right now I think there's ways to see it I've not found them yet apart from illegal ways which I don't want to do uh, in the UK I'm not putting the lighthouse on my list because I can't actually see the lighthouse people in the UK can't see it why listen to a list and go oh well I, I like the, the first four you mentioned but everything else I can't actually watch. It's therefore not, shouldn't be included in the list. Climax didn't get a wide release until 2019. There was no way, unless you were at those limited festivals, there was no way to see Climax until 2019. So it couldn't be on a list unless you'd been at the festivals until 2019. Currently we are in 2019. This is my list from 2019. And guess who's at number one? Fucking climax, suck on it. Right, well, I just like to point out that Google says that the 21st of September 2018 was the UK release of Climax. I would also like to point out that you had Tigers Are Not Afraid at your 
2018 list because you were at one of those festivals where you happened to see it, whereas people weren't able to see it until this year. I know, so, and, I've say, already, you've and I've already discussed that. I'm giving that. you the hard time that you give me a hard time because <laughs> I would like to say that if I knew I was going to put Climax in the list, I would have had Climax in the list because it's an absolutely <laughs> amazing, amazing film. I've told you numerous times that Climax is on my list, so you can fucking shut your face. <laughs> Tell me why you love Climax. We did a full episode on it. See if you want to know why oh, I yeah, like Climax. Right, so we did die. Get back and listen to me sucking that movie off. Oh, it's so good. And man. giving it a full reach around and letting it dribble all down my face and my tits. I Climax is amazing. I've watched it four times now, I think. Possibly five. And every single time I get something new. Something new that a lot of other people have probably picked up the first time they've watched it. But I get so lost in it that I miss some real obvious things. See some other things. Like the other night I watched it and you can literally see the person who spikes the sangria. You can see them spike it on screen. Oh really? And that took my fourth or fifth time to see it. Is it like in the background? Yeah, you you wow. literally see that person, in case I'm just go watch it, you see that person walking over and spiking the sangria and I missed it every time in a movie that I think is five out of five till the cows come home. It's a fucking trip it's a roller coaster it still every time i watch it it makes me feel fucking weird uneasy it's a nightmare i watched it with lena the other night it was the first time she watched it and seeing her react to the certain bits that i reacted to at the when i first watched it was great it's so visceral at times gasper no is a, a fucking force to be reckoned with the soundtrack's amazing yeah, oh, the soundtrack, I regularly yeah. listen to uh, on Spotify, the Climax soundtrack, the first song on it, I regularly uh, that in rotation. It's It got me yeah. an interest in, I don't know what genre, house, techno, dance, trance, whatever it is, but it's, yeah. It's actually that that's the one genre, house, techno, <laughs> dance, trance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, obviously, because Climax wasn't really accessible, if it was in the cinema in 2018, it would be a very, very limited run, so I didn't see it, and therefore... Its main release was 2019. Most people seen it in 2019, so I, I think it deserves its place on my list. It should be allowed to be on the list, and it gives me another reason to talk about Climax. Yeah. Climax is a fucking wonderful film, and it is that way that if I ever went and sat down to do my top 20 movies all time, I think Climax would be on it, because the way it makes me feel every time I watch it is... Like for a film to do that it is so impressive. Yeah, I uh, I agree. It's it's great, and it's in subtitles as well. But it's it's still I could, you could put it as background because there's so much like yeah, it's amazing choreography and music, and it's, it's just it's brilliant. It's, it's almost again, it's a movie that feels like it's in one take, and that just like really draws you in. There's really something that's a really really good cinematic. Um, uh, it trips you out. Yeah. Um, also, also, I was going to ask there. I don't know if we discussed it on the full episode, but when the person who does the spiking, do we find out why does she just want everybody to join in, or does he or she want everybody to join in, or is she is it, or is he or she malicious? Uh, I don't know. Right. I think that's for kind of you to is decide. That, is that ambiguous? Yeah, but it does. The person mentions what they're doing at the start. You see them doing it. You. As you watch the movie throughout, watching that character, you go, right, they are just enjoying this. They're just, they did just what he, in my head, they wanted to share this experience. 
and then by the end they're like yeah well obviously I know that's happened because I've watched it the whole way through that's on the fucking fourth or fifth rewatch before yeah. it's all happening and you're engrossed in everything else that you don't see what's right in front of you and that is so impressive oh yeah it's, it's well done it's well made it's I'll watch it again it's one of the ones I, it's streaming just now but I want to I'm going to buy the Arrow Blu-ray to own yeah because it's, oh, it's so- get a commentary uh, thing a commentary track by a director which is really really interesting really good nice worth watching uh, right so go on your number one <laughs> is uh episode of EastEnders where somebody died at Christmas it's actually Cornish Street I watch and to be fair the, the, <laughs> that, that Christmas week was fucking heavy going man um, <laughs> my number one it's already appeared on your list it's a movie that I absolutely love but has divided opinions it's a movie that uh, I watched for the second time yesterday and got so much more out of it is a movie that as we were discussing with Jordan Peele and I said we'd discuss later, is, is the script, the whole movie, everything is written on purpose, there's nothing out of place, it is, everything tells you, like, this movie tells you exactly what's going to happen from the first scene, this movie is Midsummer. It opens with a big tapestry, and it tells you everything's going to happen in the movie. I got that in the cinema watch, I, I knew that already. On the second watch, this is going to be spoilers for anybody who's not seen it, so watch it and then finish this episode. Um, you get... The Swedish guy, his first line in the movie shows you that he's already picked not only that no one knows what's going to happen at his Midsummer Festival, but knows who's going to end up where when they get there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. and, and it's like, like because and it's done in a way as well because it's mixed up with accent because the whole idea is that the the main kind of character, the main guy character, is going and he um, impregnates the one of the women in the in Midsummer camp to like get babies. That's the whole part of the the process. But. Uh, it's the uh, Will Poulter character is like being like a dick and says to be a waitress comes up to him and says I see you could be getting that girl pregnant right now and then the Swedish guy joins in and says yes and think about all the women you're going to impregnate in June or think about the women you're going to impregnate in June and it's like his accent makes you think that he's just joined in with the banter but he actually is saying think about the women you are going to impregnate in June like he tells him straight to his face you are going to impregnate a woman in June in Sweden and right for the very first line and then in the car when they're driving in and uh the, the girl Danny and Florence Pugh, Pugh she's talking to the different guys about why they want to go to Sweden and they're all like oh yeah we're definitely going this is because we want to see this because it's so fascinating and it's so amazing and then she turns around and goes see Pelly you've managed to brainwash all your friends and he just looks as if ah, yes because <laughs> he's obviously went over there not to go and study but that's under the guise of that to then pick out some people and take them back for this particular festival and it's just yeah. you know what it's everything about it's so great it's just and it's and it's so fantastic that it's the same it's almost the same movie as Hereditary in terms of, of, of progression and narrative and the way that the main character at the end you think something terrible is going to happen to them and then it, it becomes actually, the main character you're watching actually becomes good in a sense because she becomes the May Queen and feels joined in to this group whereas it's the it's the guys round about her that the, the, the horror happens to. She really at the end becomes you know the queen and at the end once she once she wins that mayflower dance and it's the 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 the, the score changes to be uplifting it's the same as at the end of hereditary when when uh, after uh, tony collette cuts her head off and he goes up to the um she flies up into the treehouse when he starts to go once he stands up after his body's been killed and the demons taken over him it's the score changes and it's uplifting as he goes in to be, mm-hmm. be worshipped you know he's now the king it's 
it's fantastic and he's got a trilogy he's got a pagan trilogy he's got another one in him and i just cannot wait to see what it's going to be but i wrote on facebook yesterday after watching it for a second time saying if the movie is just a live a live stream of him on a plinth and everybody who loves his movies making a pilgrimage to go and kiss his feet and 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 you know for him to jizz all over you i'd be there up at the front because <laughs> i don't i don't there's not there is not i don't think there's a there's a there's I was going to say there's not there's not even one bit out of line in this whole movie, but actually there might be a couple of questions. When she's on the mushrooms and she goes into the wee toilet and she likes the match and there's a girl behind her all tied up, but then she looks back in the mirror and her face is distorted, so she runs out. That girl's really there. That's not a mushroom hallucination, but it doesn't it never answers who that is or what or, um, or what is. But I mean I suppose you could just like look at it and say, This is a girl who's already freaked out about being at this midsummer, so they don't let anybody leave, so she's just already you know, jump the gun, whereas the American people that we follow are tied into it for a while. They're, they're going along yeah. with it for a lot longer, so that's probably all it was. In fact, she's probably one of the bodies at the end, maybe it does explain that. Anyway, fantastic movie. Five out of five. That is an excellent film, and I don't know if I would do the pilgrimage, uh, but so far, he's knocked out of the park. Yeah. And, that's the, and I am very excited to see what he brings out next, but I am not excited to hear what people say about it, because the next film with statistics will be the one that even if it's amazing even if it's good everyone will fucking tear apart and drag down and won't give a chance because yeah actually hitting the heights of hereditary in midsummer yeah. is going to be nigh on impossible a lot a lot of pressure on him however if he said he's got a trilogy i like to think that he's got these the stories worked out before he even started and because the speed between hereditary and midsummer was there was like a year or 18 months between them so that should suggest that we should be getting some kind of press release this, at least this year of a 2021 movie if not a 2020 movie yeah which is exciting Ooh. <laughs> uh, right so do you remember your list to do a rundown yeah from or, from five from ten oh from ten okay now this is a quote well it's not closing out the show it's going <coughs> out our part of the right. show uh, do I mean, so go from well, 10 well do my 10 then my honourable mentions or do you want them after we both run a, do a rundown uh, do honourable mentions and then your 10 alright my honourable mentions are In Fabric I've heard people talk about it. Amazon recommended it to me the other day that I've not seen it, but I'm, I assume it'll be good. So your honourable mention is just a movie that you think you might want to see? Yeah. It's not an honourable mention, Scott. That's just a mention. Well... <laughs> it's just a mention of a, a film that's out there. My other one is Daniel Isn't Real, which is another movie I haven't seen yet, but I expect it to be good. <laughs> well, you're just lucky I didn't put them on my list. I, but it's not an honourable mention. You're literally just, here are movies that you can also go see. <laughs> and my third honourable mention is uh, My Cousin Vinny. It's not a horror movie in the slightest, but it's just a really, really good film. <laughs> it's a really good film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, I run down in my top ten. In ten, Wild Rose. In nine, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Actually, no, I'm changing it to In Wounds. No, just to Wounds. Uh, number eight, Nothing. But The Shining was really good. Actually, I'm putting in Lords of Chaos in there. Seven, Us. Six, In the Tall Grass. Or Freaks. Actually, Freaks. No, it's not granite. In the Tall Grass. Five, One Cut of the Dead. 4. It, Chapter 2. 3. Doctor Sleep. 2. Joker. And 1. Midsummer. My honourable mentions are movies that narrowly missed my list because I'd <laughs> seen them, because I enjoyed them, but they just weren't quite there to break in uh, the top 10. And it is Child's Play, which I was not expecting to be good and I actually had a lot of fun with. Uh, Ma, which is actually really... The trailer gives a lot away. Yeah. I, I, think, I did enjoy my, it was good. Yeah, there's still enough to get out of it with watching the film. Uh, 
the acting in that across the board was excellent as well. So, ma, and apart from that, uh, it was where we're we going here. Uh, Pearson. Uh, oh, I've not seen that. It's good. It's appeared in a lot of lists as well. I just, I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I just didn't think it did anything to wow me or leave a lingering effect on me the way that everything else in my top 10 did. Yeah. But still a movie worth checking out. I think it's streaming on Netflix and or Amazon just now as well. Yeah, so those are my honourable mentions. And for movies that are just alright, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, <laughs> a movie that I absolutely love and I'll probably watch after we finish recording. <laughs> nice. Cool. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Well, you, you've, add... done your, you've not done your rundown. Oh, have I not? No. Oh, I've spoke that much, I assume I did. <laughs> so then, number 10 is Doctor Sleep, number 9, Lords of Chaos, number 8 is Us, 7, It, Chapter 2, 6, Hagazusa, 5, Ready or Not, 4, One Cut of the Dead, 3, Midsummer, 2, Bliss, and number 1, My Bay, my, the love of my life in 2019 cinema climax. Lovely. Cool. Yes. So we'll take a short break. I'll add the the few movies that Scott's mentioned that are actually on all people's lists. I'll add them to the tally and then we can come back and give you the cumulative Scotland vs. Evil audience listener list. Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So we're back to do the cumulative group listener list. Thanks, everyone. They uh, emailed it through or sent it to me. Uh, thanks for not sending it to Scott, because it would have been lost. <laughs> uh, so everyone, they, a lot of people put big paragraphs with theirs. Uh, if we were going to read them out, it might take a while. So we're not going to do that, but what we will do is in a few days... Once this episode has been up for a while, we'll put our lists up in the group and we want everyone who submitted a list, or even if you didn't, go underneath it and put your list and then everyone can discuss uh, the the likes and dislikes from there. It'd be quite a cool thing for everybody to be chatting about their list and why they put a certain thing where they did and why they dropped out a certain thing and why Scott put Wild Rose as his number 10. So that could be quite cool if everyone takes part in that. But thanks for sending the list, and we have it. I've added all the numbers together, where if you had uh, number one, it gets 10 points, number two gets nine points, all the way down to your 10th place getting one point. And we now have the cumulative group list. Are you excited, Scott? I am excited, yeah. How excited? Um, Probably about a, like a three points, Slight, seven points. Slight chub or... Half semi, or a semi. We're getting we're getting a slight jump. We'll see how we'll uh, see how the, the the list progresses. Okay, so group pick in at number ten with fifty six points. Wild Rose is it? Uh, <laughs> is Wild Rose? Hooray! <laughs> no, it's Lords of Chaos. All right. Number nine with sixty seven points is Piercing. Oh really? Uh, a lot of folk had that in their list. Yeah. Which was quite. I'm, I say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised because it's a really fucking good movie. Yeah. But I was surprised at how many lists it appeared on. I thought it would be like just a kind of bespoke few. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Ready or Not with 68 points. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Number seven, Crawl with 76 points. Crawl, that was one I missed. Yeah, that was the alligator one, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I like Crawl, but some of the CGI and green screen annoyed me. It yeah. took me out of it. Uh, and also, once you see one alligator attack, you, you've seen all the alligator attacks, so yeah. the movie could have been five minutes long. Uh, but that was in a lot of folks fucking listening. Uh, so, 10, 9, 8, 7. Number six is Doctor Sleep uh, with 79. Yeah. Number five is Climax with 85. These are all obviously f- confused about the release date, but whatever. <laughs> I hate you. Number four is One Cut of the Dead with 90 points. Right. So you can see it's actually quite close. Like yeah. A lot of these movies appeared all over. Spaces. Oh, yeah, all over, right? Yeah. Uh, but, like, so a lot of folk had Pearson at number, like, say, four, and then some people had it at nine, and yeah. it varied quite a lot, which is why this year was fucking excellent for horror, because... If the lists of horror fans vary that much, it's because there's been so much good quality shit out there. Yeah. So, stop hating on 2019. 2019 haters. Uh, so, number four was One Cut to Dead. Number three is It Chapter 2 with 122 points. Number two is Us with 138 wow. points. Therefore, in at a whopping... Okay, I, I don't know if I've added your points or like that, but regardless, not Midsummer had one hundred and eighty-seven points, possibly one hundred and ninety-seven. Right, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but regardless, Midsummer is the Scotland versus Evil group pick number one, and I'm quite impressed with that. Nobody else, nobody else put Joker on their list, although Kate mentioned it. Uh, nobody else put Wild Rose on their list. Nobody else put the word nothing. <laughs> on the list uh, and everything else kind of appeared though there was people with scary stories to tell in the dark Tigers Not Afraid appeared in a lot but uh, sadly it just missed out in the top 10 One, it, Chris Holt put the Jacob's Ladder remake in his list and I didn't even know that was out yet oh, I yeah, it yeah, might it's be streaming somewhere it's Netflix it? yeah I, I seen the list and I was like whoa, whoa hold on I need to watch that but I forgot about it until then doing this list so <laughs> I need to go back and watch it after that what were you going to say there? I was going to say if you think about it nothing is actually the scariest thing of all <laughs> profound <laughs> I just want to end it now I just want to end it <laughs> on that <laughs> if you think about it nothing is the scariest thing of all and on that note we hope everyone, new listeners, old listeners, uh, people who've literally just pressed play on this, wondering what it is and have got to this point, we hope we have a brilliant 2020. Hope we keep listening, keep joining in. We'll hopefully get back on track with uh, regularly scheduled programming if I can get my shit in order, which I'll try. Uh, and I think, are we going to take it to two weeks? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that's probably easier because we find it difficult to go weekly. So if we can get on board with an episode every two weeks then yeah. that's what we're aiming so, for. So that's what we're aiming for in 2020, folks. Expect yeah, an episode so, every two two weeks. So in fact, expect fuck all, and if you get an episode every two <laughs> weeks, then, then be happy. <laughs> but as always, the interaction on the Facebook groups and the uh, the Flick chat and Twitter and Instagram is always all, all there, so keep talking to us and interacting. It's a good yeah. group we've got going. I like it. And I think going to two weeks will be excellent because it gives us time to prepare. It gives us time to actually watch the films for half of us. Uh, and it gives us way more time to spend kind of editing it and just making it the kind of episode that you deserve. And we'll maybe make it a wee bit longer then since it's every two weeks. 
and it should be a lot of fun and hopefully this is the year we become really fucking famous and people come up to us in pubs and buy us pints and we don't need to buy pints anymore because people are like I love the show here's a pint that's it that's, that's what we're, we're aiming for we do have we do have ideas in our heads that would get us to that standing however we're not going to tell you them because then it probably won't happen and we'll look like idiots so we're keeping them all secret but just 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 know that there's a lot more in our heads about this this whole podcast and show than just recording an hour's worth of us talking there's, there's a lot more in our heads than <laughs> you get to see or hear <laughs> or ever get to interact with yeah but, that's for the yeah. best this year we plan on taking this up a notch and I'm sure it'll all work out and it'll be good and again thanks everyone for joining thanks for chatting and please remember that nothing really is the scariest thing of all <laughs> <laughs> bye see ya.